0: Welcome to another episode of the Indian Cycling Podcast. I'm your host, Harsha.
1: And this is your co-host, Gokul.
0: So, Gokul, remember uh, in episode 3, we spoke at length about uh, cadence and uh, why it's important and uh, how it can be improved. Yes. Now, I've been working on it for close to a month and uh, I can spin around uh, 80 to 85 RPM for my uh, century rides. Now, where do I go from here?
1: Oh, fantastic, Harsha! Good to know that. To answer you candidly, you can go wherever you want. It depends on what your goals are and uh, how clear you are about them.
0: So, no free coaching advice?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. I don't do that, but uh, I owe you a lot for all the coffees that I've drank <laughs> here. So, uh, but no, seriously, I was. Uh, what I was referring to was. Uh, uh, like everything in life you know the your journey starts with setting up clear goals and coming up with a, a honest evaluation of where you stand with respect to what is required to reach those goals and working on the gaps and going about reaching them so it's as simple as that for example if your goal is to complete a multi-day tour like the tour of Nilgiris at the end of the year you know that you are going to have to Ride about seven eight days, uh, do multiple um, ride uh, h- at least a hundred kilometers each day, and uh, quite a lot of climbing in those days. So, so you know uh, what is your goal. You know what is expected of that, and uh, you will definitely also know where you stand. What are your strengths and weaknesses, and then come up with a uh, plan to uh, uh, fill up the the gaps and uh, you know we go ahead and
0: uh, do the TFN. So it's as simple as that. Okay. So TFN seems like a very good goal to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, we should really talk about that at some point. So that, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have it at the back of their mind. So maybe we should do an episode on just on if you are preparing for TFN or a similar ride, what would you do? That sort of thing. So let us say I'm not even reaching that level. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, I want to build good fitness Mm -hmm. and I want to finish a century in say four hours or slightly lesser. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give me?
1: So you want quick answers? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sure. Uh, uh, If you want quick answers, I will give you two uh, absolute basic principles that you need to go by. Uh, But... uh, I'll be a little naughty and say, we'll play a game like Vikram and Vedal, I will tell you a couple of stories and uh, let you uh, <laughs> uh, uh, know, guess the uh, the moral of the stories and then build up the principles.
0: <laughs> okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, okay. So, disclaimer is, this is a true story and uh, the person involved had to go through a lot of trouble and a uh, lot of pain uh, achieving whatever they did. And uh, that person is none other than myself. (laughs) So, uh, the first one. uh, I have been a a fat kid throughout my childhood, uh, leading up to school and college days. Uh, In fact, I remember my college uh, mates uh, trying to get me out for a run uh, in our college uh, playground. And I couldn't even uh, do a lap of the athletic uh, ground of about 400 meters. And they were quite surprised, to be honest. So... However, I got used to that, and I was uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool with that. But uh, once I left college and the first year of my job, I went home for Diwali, and uh, I don't really remember the exact uh, uh, sequence of events. But uh, somebody brought this topic again about my, you know, uh, fatness and stuff like that, and uh, somehow that particular incident hurt me a lot. I mm-hmm very surprisingly I don't know who told or what was the context but I remember that uh, left a very deep impact on me and uh, so much so that the day I came back to Hyderabad uh, uh, after the holidays the very first day itself I went to um, our uh, campus uh, gym in the uh, software company that I used to work for we had a fantastic gym and I got onto the treadmill uh, and uh, Like no big surprise, I lasted just for 45 seconds. (laughs) So, however, uh, uh, I was very happy even though I lasted only for 45 seconds. uh, The happiness came from the fact that uh, I made an effort and I was not disappointed because I knew where I stood Mm -hmm. and uh, I was somehow uh, keen to uh, convert that uh, uh, lack of great effort to being able to work on it and build. So my only focus the, that day was, okay, I will come back to the gym the next day and try to improve on my, uh, improve on that time that I could stay on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. So, so it started, the, the journey started like that. And I think I ran continuously for about six months, mm-hmm. not missing a single day. I remember I used to, travel to my campus just for uh, running on the treadmill even on the weekends <laughs> so i was super uh, clear about it and super uh, uh, excited and uh, focused on that and i i came to a point wherein i really did not have to stop running at all i was uh, um, i just had to stop because there were others waiting for me to stop so and uh, i had uh, lost a lot of weight and uh, Running became a part of my life. So, this is the story. So, what is the moral you learned from this, Harsha?
0: Uh, that you got fired for not uh, for using the gym too much.
1: You are too insightful, but uh, so I will you know, spare the embarrassment and give <laughs> <make> you <it, laughs> the moral myself. The first moral is consistency. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is uh, one of the basic principles that we talk about is in coaching is that uh, it is important to have at least four to five uh, workout sessions in a week, and even if those four to five workout sessions are like 45 minutes each, and they come to only about four hours uh, in total, that is that is far better than just doing two hours or two days of two hours each. Mm-hmm. So, what you can achieve, and, and the minimum duration has to be like that 45 minutes. So mm, in a day, so that consistency is one of the most important things if even if you don't follow anything else, but you are just consistent uh, with your effort and uh, spent at least that 45 minutes every day, you will be able to achieve a lot. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, there is also a very simple thumb rule that uh, the amount of Distance you can ride or the amount of time you can ride is about three to four times your average weekly uh, Average daily uh, workout duration. So what I mean is say you work out every day uh, for about five to six uh, uh, days and uh, uh, Say five days and you total about eight hours in that five sessions Each workout duration average workout duration is about one hour 35 minutes or so given this now if you were to go for a, um, say an event, you will be able to last for about four and a half to six hours. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that is a basic thumb rule. So, mm-hmm. if uh, since your average daily workout duration is one and a half hours, you can do anything between four and a half to six hours on an even day. And you can use the same principle to calculate the uh, reverse way. So, for example, if if your intention is to do your first century, and you are expecting to be able to do it in about you know, your average speed is somewhere around 20 kilometers per hour and you want to you you have to be able to ride for about 5 hours so that means that you should uh, ensure that your uh, your average weekly average daily uh, workout duration is about 1 hour 20 minutes 1 hour 30 minutes and spread over 5 to 6 sessions mm-hmm. so so that is the first principle
0: yeah. So, um, so just one question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I, if I'm targeting, so I, well, I, I can do, uh, a hundred with an average speed of 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if on a weekday I'm going to do an hour of training, uh, mm-hmm. What should be my average speed then? Because if I just do 20, then it's, it's not going to really help me, right?
1: You are jumping the gun, Harsha. You have to wait for the second principle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, second principle. <laughs>
1: okay. So, but uh, you know, before we move on to the second principle, I got a great idea. So, like uh, to make uh, you understand the first principle a little better, it is mm. somewhat akin to uh, uh, the Brooks law. Uh, uh, the person who wrote the uh, mythical man month wherein he talks about Mm. adding uh, resources, additional resources to an already late software project is only going to make it even later uh, rather than reducing the time Mm. so I had to really wrench Mm -hmm. my brains to bring out this so that some people may actually think that I was not fired (laughs) 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 so moving on to uh, the second principle uh close to a year ago, last June, I had a uh, bad fall and uh, uh, broke my collarbone and uh, usually collarbone uh, fractures do not require a surgery and they heal by themselves though you cannot really put a plaster or anything like that. but. Uh, I managed to do a very good job of breaking it and broke it into three pieces. So I was left with no option but to uh, uh, get them operated on and uh, officially I am titanium man now. (laughs) (laughs) Around the surgery itself, my surgeon had told that I cannot uh, ride a bicycle for at least three months. So I was resigned to the fact and anyways, I didn't want to pick up the topic in front of my family. They were not really keen on me riding anytime, any -hmm. soon. So, however, when I went to get off my um, no, staples, which are used in place of sutures, uh, I got a moment with him alone and uh, I asked him uh, uh, and I explained to him about trainers and asked him whether I can ride the trainer and I assured him that I don't have to use my hands at all. Mm. And he was like, dude, go ahead, you still have your legs. Mm. So, uh, so I started riding my bike on my trainer. Mm. But believe me, it was not easy. This I started within like two weeks after my fall. Mm. Um, It was not easy because uh, even mounting the bike, uh, even putting the bike on the trainer was a struggle. But uh, somehow I managed to overcome that and I started riding. And I was also greatly influenced by Matthew Heyman uh, who was uh, um, Aussie uh, rider who had famously broken his uh, hand uh, in 2016 uh, and very similar to me he had ridden the trainer for two months or a month uh, before Paris-Roubaix he was not even sure of getting a entry to Paris-Roubaix but he went in and he was a uh, domestic throughout his life but uh, in 2016 at uh, At the age of around 38, Mm -hmm. he won his first uh, parry Mm -hmm. away. It was probably the biggest achievement of his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I was greatly influenced by, uh, inspired by that that incident. And uh, I I used to think of that, listen to podcasts, and then I was riding away on my trainer. And uh, what I used to do was, uh, because uh, changing gears was very difficult, I used to ride uh, my trainer on ERG mode. I had a, a Wahoo uh, snap trainer. Uh, this is what is called as a smart control trainer. Mm-hmm. So uh, why it is called smart control is that you can use a software to change the resistance uh, as determined by the software to to simulate riding mm-hmm. at a certain uh, intensity or power level. And uh, what ERG mode does is uh, it uh, kind of... Uh, uh, sets the intensity or the power required to ride at a very specific level and irrespective of your gear changes you can ride at that intensity so so given that i had a broken arm and i was uh, it was on a sling uh, the fact that i didn't have to change gears in ERG mode worked so and uh, i rode like that uh, finally uh, after 3 months when i went to the surgeon final uh, to, after the x-rays and to, to check with him whether I can ride. He was a little surprised I had not ridden, actually. So he was like, uh, due knowing you, I never thought that you will listen to me and not <laughs> ride for three months. But I told him, no, sir, I, I, left, I, I really listened to you. And he was like, by all means, you are all good. You go ahead and ride. And uh, my FTP had gone up by 15% without mm-hmm. a single kilometer spent on the road. And that was probably the biggest gain I had ever achieved uh, uh, in such a short period.
0: Okay, so what is FTP?
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, (laughs) FTP refers to functional threshold power. Power in physics terms is essentially the rate of doing work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, if you have to oversimplify it, uh, power in terms of the the, the more power you uh, generate, the faster you are going to go, and it is simply a product of uh, the the gear ratio you are spinning and the cadence. The higher mm-hmm. the gear ratio and the higher the cadence, the higher the power.
0: So, okay. w- w- so, so what is
1: FTP? I'll come. Yeah. To. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is power. Mm-hmm. It is expressed in watts. Uh, the functional threshold power or FTP is the power you can, the
0: highest power you can maintain continuously for sixty minutes. So it, it's not it's not the average, or is it? Yeah. So it, when you say highest, what does that? No, mean? it is average. The what I mean by highest
1: is like. Uh, uh, it is the maximum power you can maintain consistently for one hour.
0: Okay, so consistent. That, okay, so right. it is average. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is okay. average. Yeah.
1: But what I mean is the highest average you can maintain. Right, right. So right.
0: Because it's always like uh what do you say, like a graph? So yeah, 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 it keeps yeah, yeah, yeah. going up and down. But yeah, it, this is it's like drawing a line. Variations. Yeah. 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 In variations. Okay. Uh,
1: mm. in fact if you have a power meter you will figure out that there are various ways of measuring mm, various outputs it gives, whether 3 second average power or 10 second average power and so on. There will be minor spikes involved, but yeah, it is the highest uh, average power you can maintain consistently for one hour. So it is kind of one uh, one of the most important uh, ways to m- measure a rider's ability. Not the only one, but one of the most important.
0: So how do you measure this?
1: Using a power meter. So, so You, you uh,
0: need a power meter, there is no way around this.
1: You need a power meter, but there are various uh, power meters around. Um, so you, there are power meters which are uh, based on strain gauges on the crank, there are pedal based power meters, there are um, uh, crank based power meters, there are hub based power meters, and you know, there are even some, um, calc- uh, some power meters which use uh, speed and uh, elevation and wind resistance and kind of uh, calculate rather than measure. So there are various ways, and uh, how I was measuring is uh, the Wahoo Snap being a smart control trainer mm-hmm. because it because it's
0: software controlled, it knows uh, yeah. where uh, your, so, your power is coming from. So, so yeah. the
1: the Wahoo uh, trainer was giving the power mm-hmm. details as well. So that uh, so essentially there are uh, there is a slight difference between a, a smart trainer and a smart control trainer mm-hmm. a smart trainer will just give you the data mm. like what is the power you are uh, generating but the smart mm-hmm. control trainer will not only give you the data but also allow you to control the the power using an external software so, so, so that software are, uh, terms like a Zwift a software yeah, yeah that was my power.
0: question actually so if so, if I am using Zift, it Zwift it is a smart controlled uh, trainer
1: Yes, you yeah you you will uh, you will be able to appreciate Zwift only mm. with smart capital. In fact, Matthew Heyman uh, uh, Zwift did a... Uh, no, it was probably the biggest gamble uh, or b- biggest marketing coup that uh, Zwift uh, managed because mm. uh, apparently Matthew Heyman was using Zwift in that huh? uh, uh, build up to the paris So, we,
0: which paris Ruby was this? Which year? I think it was 2016. Oh, so this is fairly recent then. Yeah, very recent. Yeah. Very recent. Yeah. In fact,
1: uh, Matthew Heyman, I think. Uh, Retired last
0: year. No. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so coming back to our principle So, I told you the story. Uh, just, just
0: one second. So, since we are on the topic of measurement, mm-hmm. I want. I have one more question. Mm-hmm. So, let us say, and this is a problem I faced even last week, mm-hmm. that uh, I can feel my cadence going up, mm-hmm. but how do I measure it? Because right now, what I'm doing is I have a sense of what 10 seconds is. So, yeah. 10 seconds or 15 seconds and I keep counting the number of uh, rounds my pedals are doing and then I just multiply it by 4 or uh, 6 or whatever so, but what is a good way to actually get a cadence number?
1: Oh, there are cadence sensors available Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, they are uh, very simply speaking there is there would be a magnetic, uh, a magnet uh, uh, put on your crank arm Mm-hmm. We essentially when you are measuring the number of times you pedal, you see how many times you uh, you spin the crank. Uh, so there is a magnet which goes on the crank arm and uh, there is a sensor which will go on your chainstay and each time the magnet uh, crosses the sensor, it will generate a signal and uh, so it can connect uh, hook up to your uh, cyclocomputer and give you the ratings. So um, typically if you have a power meter, most power meters will give you the cadence directly right. as well. right. So uh, so either you have to have a cadence sensor or a power meter. So uh, the cadence sensors are not at all expensive, if you are just going for cadence sensors. Uh, I would recommend to go for wireless if you are going for cadence sensors. What I mean by wireless is... Uh, uh, between the sensor and the display unit, the cyclocomputer, if there is a wire connecting these two, mm-hmm. it is called wired computer okay. and if there is no wire and it is just using a wireless protocol to send this information, it is called a wireless computer. So because of the, the fact that the cyclocomputer is on your uh, handlebar and these, uh, the uh, cadence sensor is hiding yeah. inside yeah. your, yeah. In, 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 near your crank. There is too much distance to cover for the the, the cable and the wire, mm-hmm. and it is very easy to get snapped. So oh. it's not just not it is not too practical, especially if you are carrying it in your car or if you if you drop it somewhere, it, it can very easily get snapped. Mm-hmm. So. Even wireless cadence sensors, I think, uh, basic wireless cadence sensor and uh, computer unit will come for as low as 3000 rupees. Mm-hmm. So, so, I think it is an absolute uh, minimum investment you should look at.
0: Hmm, maybe I will uh, buy it. Hmm. So, Google, you wanted to talk about uh, the next steps.
1: Yeah, no, before that, you uh, I told you the story, now you had to, about my... Uh, uh, experience with the trainer uh, post my surgery. So, now you you tell me what's the principle that you learned.
0: Since, uh, okay, since, since we are talking about uh, Matthew Haven, mm-hmm. so you actually are going to win the Paris-Doubet? Oh, uh,
1: well, yeah, stranger things do happen. That <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, thank you for that. But, uh, I was referring more to intensity, uh, Harsha. So, Uh, In this particular case, I was telling you how I was able to increase my FTP Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, The reason I I was able to increase my FTP was I was focusing most of my uh, rides uh, on the trainer around the sweet spot that is just about five to ten percentage lower than my Existing FTP and just getting used to riding at that uh, Mm -hmm. intensity so so because I was just getting used to riding around the FTP and slightly above slightly below and it was slowly creeping up. So uh, and that is a typical uh, workout which are uh, workouts which are done to increase your FTP that applies to anything that you want to improve on. So one of the biggest problems I feel uh, that uh, people are not uh, getting much faster when they are doing lo- still while they are doing a lot of social rights is many of the social rights end up uh, being too low in intensity. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and they are, they are more about chatting and stuff like that. And uh, for some people, it is probably too low. For some people, it is probably too high. But essentially, it is not the desired intensity. So if you focus on uh, and get the intensities right, then uh, based on your goal, then you are likely to achieve your goals. So what even... Um, to rather simplify this intensity uh, mumbo-jumbo that I am talking about, uh, th- the most important or the basic uh, thing that you need to figure out is what is your zone 2. Uh, and if you are spending majority of your time, 80% of your workouts on zone 2 and probably the, the remaining 20% at, uh, uh, spend on some interval training and stuff like that, you, ha- you will definitely improve. The biggest reason why people do not improve even after riding a lot in the social rides is without realizing they are spending more of their time in zone one, which is just one step lower than zone two, which definitely burns uh, calories, but is not significantly helping in uh, uh, the typical fat burning zone and helping you improve. So, uh, so identify your... uh, basic intensities and uh, focus on the right intensities so intensity is the second most
0: uh, important principle so i'm still not clear on what the zones are can you can you talk me through that sure so
1: there are three ways to uh, to represent and uh, calculate zones Uh, the first one is called rpe It is a very, uh, it's a nice acronym uh, for uh, rate of perceived exertion, but what it really means is you don't have any (laughs) device on you. So Mm -hmm. essentially you are just going by feel. So if you are just going by feel, the intensity at which you are not able to speak continuous sentences, but are able to answer in phrases Mm. with a little bit of gasping is probably around your zone two.
0: Uh so most of our friendly rights are not even zoned two. yes so, <laughs> so, because people have a genuine conversation there. Correct.
1: you will still be able to you may not be able to respond immediately you will mm. probably say yes yeah yeah i can yeah. instead of being able to say yes i can because of this mm. uh, so that is of course it is uh, rpe is usually expressed in a scale of 1 to 10 or 1 to 20 depending on what uh, uh, what is what you are comfortable with, so somewhere around that six to seven or zone two mm-hmm. is uh, is the the effort level at which you are able to talk in phrases mm-hmm. with a little bit of uh, gasping. Uh, the second way to measure intensity and probably the most uh, um, affordable and sought out way would be to use your heart rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, To measure this heart rate you can, uh, to identify your zones you can go in two ways. One absolute uh, uh, basic way, um, very generic way is to say your max heart rate, maximum heart rate is 220 minus age in years, so Mm -hmm. for example if you are 30 years old, your maximum heart rate is 220 minus 30 that is 190 and then use that as the base to calculate your zones. So, uh, if your max heart rate is around that 180-190, your zone two is probably somewhere around that 130 to 140.
0: Oh, so around uh, 60
1: 70 percentage of. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And there are online calculators. Uh, like one nice thing uh, I follow very often is BritishCycling.org.uk. They have power and heart rate calculators. Wherein if you feed in your uh, um, FTP or your uh, uh, maximum or FTP heart rate, you will get the, the zones. So the one way to calculate is uh, the heart rate zones is using your max heart rate from to this formula. Another uh, more uh, uh, accurate way is to use your uh, FTP test. Mm-hmm. When you do a FTP test, you also, you can, you can get the functional threshold power and the functional threshold heart rate. Mm-hmm. So, use the functional threshold heart rate to, to arrive at your zones, okay. Uh, I am sure you can find out um, more information on how to do a FTP test, probably I will cover that in a later section. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, the third way to measure intensity is the heart rate itself, I mean is mm-hmm. the power itself. Again, just like what we are discussing about the heart rate, you use the FTP test to figure out uh, the zones and then use uh, the, the calculator from British Cycling website to identify your zones and you use this. One important thing however to note is, you need to repeat uh, the FTP test at certain periodic intervals. You don't have to do it every week because that is impossible and uh, I- irrelevant also. However, you should do it probably once in six to eight weeks. The reason is twofold. One is it helps you to see if you are progressing. Mm -hmm. It's like a test. Uh, The second thing is, if there are changes, it helps you recalibrate your zones.
0: So as I understand it, if I get a heart rate monitor, I'll get the heart rate information and I can use that to do do some calculations. The other way is get a power meter or a cyclocomputer like you said. And uh, that will give me cadence power, and yes. I'll it will tell me immediately whether I while I am cycling, mm-hmm. whether I am in zone two or whether yeah. I'm even doing much better are, than that. Yeah,
1: even if you are getting a heart rate monitor, also still you will need to connect it to a. I mean, cyclocomputers computers come with heart rate monitors attached, or you can buy mm-hmm. them some sensors separately. So at a very basic, I would suggest that if you are if you are serious about training, get a. Uh, at least a cyclo-computer with heart rate and uh, cadence. Mm -hmm. These are two important things and uh, uh, you may be able to get them for, uh, depending on the make and model you are getting, you may be able to get them for around six to 10,000 rupees.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not expensive, especially if you are going to do some serious training. Yes. You need the numbers to back up uh, the idea that, yes, I am improving, because otherwise you are basically reduced to looking at uh, what is my uh, uh, kilometers per hour last correct. week what yeah. is my kilometers per hour this week sure which yeah. may not reflect sm- uh, some small improvements but you'll get a sense but it's not really there yes
1: correct and uh, for example when i was training uh, for, uh, in last year uh, post uh, the june to august period i think i did not have a cyclo computer i just used the um, the software uh, and uh, the the data that was coming from my, uh, I had a heart rate belt and I had the power coming from the trainer.
0: That right. was but, good enough. But the heart rate belt is not while you are riding. Why? How riding. do you know that?
1: I connected to my cyclo-computer.
0: Right. Uh, do you, my point is you still have a cyclo-computer. Yes, yes. You still yes. have a cyclo-computer. Right. But I
1: was not, ha- I was, uh, yeah, I was having a cyclo-computer. And I was for the power. I was referring to the, the the app which mm. I was using. Whether it was Trainer Road or um, the, the Wahoo app itself, or uh,
0: okay. So here's my practical problem which I face generally when I'm uh, training. Mm-hmm. That uh, when I start out the ride, I'm really conscious, mm-hmm. and I say, you know what, I need to focus and I need to have higher cadence. I need to put in more power today. And uh, and that seems to happen. But somewhere down the line, that consciousness and that focus drops. It, that's I, I guess that's natural. Uh, somewhere after half an hour, that drops. And when I come back home and I look at Strava, I realize that, oh, my speed actually, despite all my effort, didn't really go up. It, it literally happened just today that uh, I thought I'd done on a very good uh, ride but when I looked at the Strava segments only one of them was genuinely good mm-hmm. so what? How, how do I counter this problem that on the ride I don't want to uh, go less than a certain speed how do I know this yeah,
1: you answer the question yourself I mean you need a cyclocomputer which gives you the values mm. if you look at it in the recent past power meters have uh is a very recent phenomenon in cycling. And uh, uh, one of the dominant factors uh, of these days winning as well. In fact, people like uh, uh, Chris Froome and Wiggins have been accused of uh, being running by the power meter. Okay, So that is, they use the power meter. They know they can, because of data backed up, Mm. they know they can generate this much wattage for this many hours. No problem Mm -hmm. or they can go this wattage for few minutes no problem they know their five minute wattage what is the five 20 minutes wattage what is the 60 minutes wattage they can generate so and that is the absolute uh, no-nonsense truth that they have and Mm -hmm. they work with that and this is quite unlike the old school guys like alberto Contrador, who are all more uh, uh, foxy, very cunning guys who will wait for an opportunity and attack and they have that ability to bring that m- m- to really seize the moment. Even in the in a, one of the previous podcasts we were talking about how Tom Dumoulin almost uh, kind of uh, time trialed uh, climbs and stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah. because he's pacing himself using the power. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that is the absolute heights and in fact uh, Counter um, is and many of these uh, Spanish counterparts are so irritated with this, and they feel that because of this, the cycling racing is actually losing its edge. It's becoming less interesting mm-hmm. because the the that seizing of the moment that uh, that. Uh, and sometimes they, they, it works, sometimes it fails dramatically as well, so that it's becoming less interesting. So, Contador actually called for power meters to be banned in races.
0: So, he, he wants ra- He wants power meters to be banned while on races, yes. not, yeah, not, of course, in not, in not in general. Not, uh, he can't actually ask for that. Yeah. So, he is actually accusing uh, Froome of being very data-driven, whereas he is totally instinct-driven. Correct.
1: Uh, and it is very simple. I mean... Each one is playing to his strengths. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, trying to remove uh, the most uh, powerful weapon from Froome's arsenal. You yeah. Can ask him mm-hmm. to uh, not uh, have a power meter. Uh, but to be honest, right? Uh, um, we are, we have been interacting with Maxwell sir, and one of the things that uh, uh, I remember when I was. Uh, riding with Raman and uh, Aditya Shetty when uh, sir was teaching or coaching them and I used to ride with them regularly. So he would say, don't use cyclo computers every day, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting aspect. One of the reasons he said was, see if you are going to use, you, why do you use cyclo computers, uh, uh, you can use cy- cyclo computers to analyze data post the race, but always uh, post the ride. Don't use, don't always ride by the Mm cyclocomputer because when he was, for example, when he was doing some uh, interval training or uh, sprint training and stuff like that, if you by chance happen to glance on that uh, speed rate, uh, speed value, Mm -hmm. you kind of auto shut off seeing Mm -hmm. that you have crossed your previous
0: I, ah, okay okay. Hmm. So you
1: are not able to push yourself. Yeah. So it's it's a fine balance. I while it it helps in pacing yourself, in hmm. able to uh, motivate yourself. It it works the other way also for more serious guys. It it kind of prevents them from going that extra yard as well. yeah. So, yeah. however, uh, in for majority of the people it. Uh, uh, pacing and you know building essentially the the ability to know yourself hmm. comes after years and years of training yeah. so yeah. if somebody can really ride by rpe that means he's super good yeah okay yeah. so so building that level of understanding takes a lot of hours on the saddle yeah the simplest is i would say to get to there you at least start with the basic uh, data and go there but uh, Still, I would occasionally, whenever you are probably doing sprint training or stuff like that, don't look at speed. Because mm-hmm. sprint training, you should not be looking at speed while riding. You, mm. can, you can look at speed post-riding. First of all, it is very dangerous if you are glancing yeah. at power. Yeah, that's uh, another yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, if you are glancing at power uh, uh, mm. when you are sprinting rather than on the road, it's, it's very dangerous. Yeah. So, to summarize the the two principles that we talked about for uh, training, uh, is one is... Uh, Ride as often as possible, at least five times a week. And second thing is make each of those rides count. So ensure that you are hitting the right intensities and uh, uh, you will be able to uh, get better and more powerful as the time progresses. So moving on, we wanted to uh, cover a couple of uh, interesting things that are uh, one that has already happened and one that is about to happen. Uh, We'll start with the event that has already happened. Uh, On Tuesday, Victor Kapanat broke the one-hour record. wherein he rode uh, 55.089 kilometers uh, in 60 minutes and uh, broke the previous record held by Bradley Wiggins. He he rode approximately 500 meters more than uh, uh, Bradley Wiggins. So this record has been there for about four years now and uh, um, and it's a very uh, big uh, thing uh, of uh, very big achievement that has been done. Uh, I wanted to cover a few uh, aspects uh, from a
0: slightly different point of view., uh, uh, just a second. So maybe you can explain um, you know why this is a big deal uh, in the sense that, uh, it, it makes total sense that uh, you let someone ride for a full hour inside a velodrome and just time and just look at their distance or the or the distance they cover in that 60 minutes. So yeah. why isn't this more popular? I mean, this sounds like an amazing idea. I mean, this sounds more easier to understand than the Tour of France or Zero <laughs> Italia because those yeah. things are so complicated. Whereas this seems like Okay, you have a bike, you have it for an hour, now go
1: for it. Yeah, yeah. so beautiful uh, question, uh, Harsha. And I will have to uh, borrow words from Eddie Merckx, uh, who congratulated his uh, fellow countrymate, Victor, both are Belgians. And Eddie Merckx, as you all know, is one of the. he's probably the greatest cyclist ever to have lived. So he said that uh, somebody attempts uh, our record only if they know they will beat it. <laughs> right because it is so easily quantifiable very rarely would somebody attempt uh, uh, our record and not make it because uh, there is a lot of money involved a lot of effort which goes into it so and you know whether you are going to be able to make it or not to a large extent so uh, so so to put it very simple that is one of the things and uh, there is no direct money involved So for example, if you win a 2D France or something like that, you are going to get money. I'm pretty sure that once you break uh, uh, the world record, you are becoming more popular and your brand value increases. So uh, I think it is a combination of the fact that it is one, it is very tough to do. Second is uh, people know whether they will or uh, they will not be able to do it. It is not uh, that everybody is going to be able to beat our record. So it is uh, hugely selective from that point of view. And probably there is, it is uh, not so attractive as going ahead and winning a Grand Tour or a, a Olympic medal or a World Championships uh, in some ways. But uh, if uh, managed very well, I, I'm, uh, I, it can also be a great branding initiative. In fact, I think uh, Victor and his team, Lotus Udall, have done a great job of uh, marketing this and, uh, of course, uh, have done a great job of going and breaking the record also. And uh, they brought broken the fifty five kilometer kind of mental block uh, that was there. previously, it was like fifty four point uh, f- uh, approximately fifty four point five that uh, begins had written ridden and that was that held its uh, time for almost four years. So it's been a while since uh, it was
0: broken. So Gokul, do you think this is like the four minute mile uh, um, uh, moment? I mean, Could more people now actually break the 55-kilometer barrier? Maybe. I mean, uh, somehow I think the the charm of a four-minute
1: mile uh, is definitely not there. But it is still a barrier. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say it it compares in uh, magnanimity with that uh, four-minute mile barrier. But it is still a 55-kilometre barrier. It is a, it's probably a much lower uh, significance. But it is still there. I mean, I was trying to think of uh, the two-hour record, uh, marathon record that was... Yeah, Elliot broken. Kipchoge uh,
0: tried uh, the... Door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so was breaking the... it was...
1: It was termed as a Breaking 2 and it was a project which was uh, almost a it year or two long. like a wonderful
0: by YouTube movie. I mean, that thing it's is out movement. there, free. Like mm-hmm. anyone who has even like 45 minutes should go and watch it because it's really worth watching. Correct. And uh, no, uh,
1: in fact, uh, it was not just Elliot Kipchoge. There were three guys who are. that. Yeah. yeah. And one of the guys was uh, Delisa or some, uh, his name was something like Delisa. In fact, uh, he is the reigning, uh, he was there uh, he was a past Boston Marathon winner, Boston Marathon. not reigning. And he was almost there on the Boston Marathon and he was pipped right at the final few meters. And he, uh, he was uh, denied the uh, gold and he won the silver in uh, the Boston Marathon, which happened on Sunday. So, yeah. So I, I, I think he was also uh, the, the Boston week,
0: Marathon winner when the um, when the bombing happened in Boston. Uh, you are right. You are yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But it's it's just as a piece of movie making. Um, uh, yeah. I I think uh, I, I mean I just watched Free Solo this week, so Free Solo is top, and this movie is like really second after that.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think it is uh, in terms of. Uh, the 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 attempt and the uh, no that is definitely a probably if when when somebody breaks the two hour uh, uh, barrier I think that is going to be far bigger than the four minute mile barrier so uh, so that is that's probably going to be defining a generation uh, if I may say so so right uh, so of course uh, nothing to take away from Victor as well uh, so a few things that I wanted to talk about it is. Uh, Uh, from a few aspects that we have discussed in the past. Uh, uh, The first one was uh, there was a lot of uh, trial and error which was done in choosing the gear ratio. So uh, what is to be noted is that this record was uh, broken in a velodrome and in velodrome typically the bikes are uh, uh, single speed fixed gear bikes so he was riding a single speed fixed gear bike so the choice of the gear ratio is very important so he chose a 61 tooth uh, front chain ring and a 14 tooth uh, rear cog and uh, that uh, necessitated him to get have a cadence of about 101 uh, or 102 to beat uh, the record and uh, apparently the person who has had uh, the most uh, highest cadence uh, in attempting and breaking the uh, one hour record has been Higgins, uh, who held the record till a uh, few days ago and that was 104. So that is something very interesting and uh, they went through various gear ratios and finally decided on this and another very interesting aspect is that. Uh, um, they they always the records in the past. If you see, they there have been various rule changes uh, with regards to equipment and with regards to the altitude at which they break the record. So this uh, record was broken at a velodrome in Mexico and which was at about 1,880 meters above sea level. The reason that they try to uh, go at a higher altitudes is the is because. Uh, the air is less dense at higher altitude and it, uh, and it enables them to be more aerodynamic and uh, cut through the air faster. So the wind resistance is lesser in essence. However, uh, uh, the it also, because the air is lesser, it also decreases a person's ability to um, utilize oxygen for producing energy. So there is, it's like a bell curve uh, and I believe at around 3000 meters or so beyond that uh, higher altitude, it actually starts, uh, the speed starts getting slower because of the effects of uh, being able to the oxygen absorption of the human body. So, so he attempted it at about 1880 meters. And another uh, interesting aspect about uh, uh, his uh, our record was that obviously every small aspect of the bicycle was fine tuned in the uh, uh, in the uh, wind tunnel and uh, interestingly he actually chose a helmet without uh, a sunglass or visor because they actually found that for his uh, face uh, shape uh, he was faster off uh, without a uh, sunglass or a visor So that is quite interesting to note. Many, Most often it is actually considered uh, that a visor would save a few watts, but it was not so in his case and he actually rode without that. And the last uh, aspect which I wanted to cover, uh, uh, probably an extension of the training principles is, very often we ignore the fact or the the importance of uh, rest that... uh, uh contributes to our if our uh, ability to ride or uh, do any workout and uh, uh, in fact uh, in the training philosophy there is a very simple equation saying that for uh, fitness equal to stress plus recovery uh, uh, fitness just uh, relates to your ability to uh, do a workout and uh, stress here is not the mental stress but the physical stress uh, initiated by a workout uh, the uh, uh, the workout itself and recovery is a combination of how well we work, uh, recover from the uh, workout which is determined by the nutrition and the rest that we take and I wanted to specifically talk about the, the rest aspect uh, every uh, day uh, leading up to the uh, last month or so uh, Victor slept for close to 9 hours uh so and he had a very fixed schedule that he hits the bed by 1900 hours uh, tries to uh, be asleep by 2000 hours and uh, gets up around 430 or 5 in the morning so so we we, we tend to ignore this fact a lot that uh, the importance that uh, sleep and uh, rest uh, uh, provides and i think that is very very important in fact if on a particular day you find that you are extremely tired which uh, uh, can be determined by your resting heart rate uh, then it may be more beneficial for not uh, going to the workout rather than going to the workout so 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 uh, do look at it as your third principle Uh, uh, take sufficient rest and that is uh, treated as important or more important than your workouts
0: I mean, yeah, not not everybody needs to beat the fifty-five hour uh, record, right? I mean, do we have any idea on who holds the record for India? I mean, the, is it even attempted? Is it even followed? I mean, is it that even is it even an event? I mean, do we even I, track that?
1: I don't really think so. I mean, uh, I don't really think so.
0: Uh, you know, I have a what we should do is we should let Pasha do it for an hour and then yeah. just publish that, look, this guy is the standard to beat. What do you think? That may not be a bad idea. I mean, we, we did not even start with
1: uh, one hour. We could even start with 20 minutes. I mean, uh, um, uh, because uh, like it's, it's very similar to what we talked about the functional threshold power, right? So you are basically writing at your FTP, Uh, FTP is the maximum power that you can maintain for an hour so you are essentially like equal to doing a 60 minute FTP test and a more uh, tolerable test is usually to do a 20 minute FTP test so it's very similar to a 20 minute FTP test so we could probably go to the track and uh, try it out but uh, uh, the very fact that you need to have a track bike to do that and stuff like that would uh, make things a little bit more tricky but yeah we could try that
0: But uh, I'm just still, you know, I just can't get over why this is still not a big deal. I mean, I mean, no, 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 Uh, I'm not saying it is not a big deal. Uh, It is a big deal
1: because the very fact that it has happened after four years and uh, there was a deluge before that because there was some change in rules and uh, there were a series of uh, records that were broken by so many people. And before uh, Viggins kind of set uh, the uh, increase the bar very high, I think it was going from 51 to 54. So, after that, I think people just uh, left hope because uh, Viggins was in top form at uh, at that point and he was uh, a fantastic time trialist. So, probably no one else had the guts to go ahead and uh, try to break it. Mm. Uh, and it has taken uh, a while for Victor to do that and he's been training um, very well for that and in fact uh, he has uh, uh, done something very nice uh, which is also a good uh, marketing um, coup cool done by Lotus Udall where uh, they have given a, um, a weekly twice or so he has written a, a blog uh, about uh, what was happening in his uh, life and so so he has written about eight uh, different uh, blogs uh, leading up to this uh, our record being broken. So that uh, gives a uh, very nice uh, um, overview of what it takes and what was the simple things that he uh, did. In fact, I, most of the things that I told you have been picked up from those blogs himself themselves.
0: Cool. I, I think we'll put a link to those blogs in the show notes. Sure, we'll do that. We'll do that.. Um...
1: And so i wanted to uh, uh, conclude uh, uh, this uh, episode with uh, uh, something great to look out for next week uh, next week is the asian uh, road cycling championship uh, which is going to be held in tashkent in uh, uzbekistan so and uh, i also believe that this is going to be a olympic qualifier for the 2020 japan olympics so something very nice uh, uh, I don't have, see any official data about who is representing uh, the country, but I, I have some unofficial information that there are about four riders uh, representing India. It is also uh, combined with the uh, Paralympic Championship. So I'm, I'm sure that there is a Paralympic team also going because I've been in touch with Aditya Mehta and he has been updating me about the team going there. And in the non, uh, the regular category, there are i believe there are about four riders uh, one under 23 and uh, three uh, elite uh, riders so i think the events that they are looking at are the uh, under 23 uh, individual time trial uh, the uh, many elite individual time trial with both of which are 40 kilometers the under 23 uh, mass start road race which is about 147 kilometers and the men elite uh, master road race, which is about 166 kilometers. And so these are uh, happening next week. Uh, the the championship is from the 23rd to the 28th of April. Uh, our events are there on 24th, 25th, 26th, and 28th. So I am not sure whether I'll be able to get uh, enough updates, but I'll see. I know at least one of the a uh, couple of the guys who are uh, there in this uh, participating in this tournament. Uh, so, if I am able to reach out to them, I will uh, we can probably cover something next week.
0: So, who is the one who is the person you know directly who is going?
1: Uh, Aman Punjani, who is the under 23 champ, mm-hmm. he is a Hyderabadi. So, I, I just uh, happened to you know. Uh, 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 bounce on him on the ride this morning and uh, he told me about it.
0: Do we win medals at this? Does India have a history of medal- winning medals?
1: I don't think so. Uh, in the last couple of years when uh, Navin John went uh, I don't think we had a very great showing but uh, one good thing is that uh, um, there has been uh, participation in the last uh, few years at least that I know of it might have been there in the past also uh, uh, I in fact it has the the Asian Cycling championship has been held in India itself at least three times I believe oh, so, okay uh, so three, at least twice uh, twice or three times so so yeah I mean, I'm sure that uh, India has participated but uh, what is the success rate is probably not very high.
0: Mm. Well, we want to wish uh, the participants uh, all the best. Yes, I I know that
1: uh, one there is no lack of effort is something that I can definitely assure you. Uh, Aman has been training very hard and he's been uh, he was uh, telling me about some very good numbers that he cracked and uh, he was very super excited about that uh, when he was telling me this morning. So I'm I'm hoping
0: that. um,
1: no, the, these guys uh, break the
0: trend. Yeah, let's hope that happens.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, I wish all of uh, the listeners a uh, very good and uh, uh, good time riding and uh, following the principles. If you do have any questions, uh, uh, as usual, drop us a message uh, on podcast at the
0: Okay. Bye guys. Have a good weekend.